You are listening to UCC 98.3 FM and this is Objection with Aaron and today we are going to be talking to Mohammed. Um, hi Mohammed. would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, yeah, my name is Mohammed. I'm the uh, secretary of the UCC Arab Society and it's a pleasure to be here. Very good, thank you so much for being on here Mohammed. Thank you very much for having me. Um, so today we're just going to be talking about the uh, situation in Palestine basically and the ongoing kind of conflict or whatever you would like to call it there um and yeah so Mohammed, could you just please provide like a brief overview of that conflict and situation for our listeners who might not be familiar with the history and current state of affairs uh, between israel and palestine okay so historically this all started around world war ii times when the jewish people were kind of leaving europe and they were welcomed into Palestine with open arms by the Palestinians who decided that the Jewish people are basically their cousins. And the Jewish people, yeah, as I said, they were welcomed. They settled into Palestine fine. They were welcomed into people's homes and everything. Um, and then after the world war ended, the United Nations Resolution 181 was created by the British uh, to basically divide Palestine into Arab and Jewish states. And that was in 1947. And then around 1948 was the Nakba. So that just saw a displacement of 6 million Palestinians um, just forced out by Israelis, basically, and denied the right to return ever. Uh, so throughout the 50s and 60s, it was mostly Egypt, Syria, and Jordan who were involved in kind of small battles and wars with Israel trying to get some land back. Um, but in 1979, Egypt signed the Camp David Accords, and that just saw them stop the conflict and just be on peaceful terms with Israel. And after that, just Israel continued to take more and more land and displace more and more Palestinians around the country. Okay, thank you so much for that. That was a great kind of uh, overview of the situation. Obviously, summing up a whole history, uh, 75 years of history is hard, so I appreciate you doing that. Um, so then in the last couple of weeks, we've been hearing a lot about, this, about Israel and about Palestine, um, and there's been kind of an development and an escalation of violence um, can you summarize basically what happened in these last few weeks that has brought uh, kind of worldwide media attention yeah so on the 7th of October um, a group called Hamas uh, which you know different people have different labels for decided to try and take back some land from the Israelis kind of take matter in their, into their own hands and that end, uh, ended up um, killing 700 Israelis. Um, and Israel just kind of decided to retaliate after that and just brutal attack after brutal attack. They've just been bombing houses, hospitals, schools, uh, just on the claims that they're Hamas military bases. Um, yeah, so since then basically since the 7th of October there's been 6,500 Palestinian casualties 2,360 of them are children um, 
68 medics, 23 journalists, 61 teachers, 35 United Nations staff have been killed as well amongst that. Um, it saw 42% of homes in Gaza being bombed. Uh, 1.4 out of the 2.2 million population of Gaza displaced. 56% of hospitals destroyed, 206 schools, and 50 family lineages have just been ended, basically. Um, I can just sit here and give you stats for the whole while we're here, but we have to understand that these are actual human beings. They're not just numbers on a screen you're getting on your Instagram, you know? And as much as they kind of support the point, if you really think about it, like 50 family lineages, 2,360 innocent children, why were they kind of killed, you know, as a, just a consequence of bombings? Um, just over the past few weeks as well, Israel has attacked Syrian military infrastructure. Um, the Palestinian Ministry of Health has just came out and said, we've completely collapsed. Like, we cannot run hospitals anymore. We cannot do surgeries. They don't have any medications. Um, there's been a two-week siege on Gaza, and there's just been no food, no electricity, no water, n nothing. And the siege is kind of eased a little bit and it saw 28 trucks allowed in but that's 28 trucks in two weeks compared to 20 trucks a day before then um yeah a lot of countries are taking different stands the biggest one in particular is the united states um so they've funded humanitarian aid in gaza and they've given $10 million for that, but they've also provided Isra the Israeli army with $13 million. So it's not really, it's very counterproductive. Mm. Um, and the reason they funded the Israeli army, according to Joe Biden himself, I am quoting him here, he said, it is vital for America's national security that they win the war. And that, to me, that doesn't make sense because... Yeah. It's a war halfway across the world. Why is it important to your national security? There's no kind of relevance there. Um, on the journalist point, um, they've started targeting, Israel has started targeting journalist families. So this happened yesterday or the day before, and they kind of waited for one of the Al Jazeera journalists to leave to co go and cover a story and then they bombed his house with his wife and two children in it. And Al Jazeera News is the only non-Western media outlet in Gaza right now. Mm -hmm. And they're being stopped they're from broadcasting the news. Um, yeah, as, as well as that, um, there's a lot of kind of controversy going on with social media platforms as yeah. well. But we'll come on to that yeah. um, on a later point. Um, yeah. Um, Qatar intervened earlier this week and they basically negotiated that Hamas release two hostages for humanitarian purposes. Mm -hmm. Hamas said, 
we're okay with that, we'll release the two hostages. Israel apparently refused to take the hostages back uh, just to have a reason to keep bombing random places, basically. Um, when the hostages were released, one of them came out in, in the interview. And this interview was translated by CNN to the headline, it was like being in hell. Mm-hmm. The real translation of that interview, the woman was saying that when they were captured, the Hamas militants said that they believed in the Quran and they, they would not harm them. The, she continues to say that they were given food, water and medications every day. And they were also seen by a doctor daily uh, just to kind of make sure they don't have any like health problems or that any of their health problems are being treated. Um, also, in the past week, the United Nations Security Council saw a majority vote for a ceasefire, but the U.S. representative of the United Nations Security Council decided to veto that vote. I could say so much about the Security Council as a law yeah. student. The fact that there's five countries that have permanent status and a veto over everything is just, oh, I, I could write a whole essay on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, I was shocked when I saw it, to be honest. Um, but as of yesterday, I think it was, yeah, it was as of yesterday, the head of the United Nations and the Israeli ambassador to the United Nations had a fallout after a speech the head of the United Nations made calling out Israel. Mm. And that saw the Israeli ambassador just walk out of that meeting mm. as well. So, yeah. um, so the next question I kind of have following up from that, and you kind of touched on it there, is how do you think the media portrays uh, this conflict war? I mean, it's that's a whole other discussion is like whether it really is a conflict or a war, whether it's just a genocide. Um, and what impact does the representation that the media gives have on public perception? So the media is playing one of the biggest roles I've ever seen in any kind of global event um, in kind of my lifetime, to be honest. Um, So most media outlets, your big Western media outlets, they're just speaking about uh, Hamas versus Israel war. Um, Whereas Middle Eastern media is talking about a Palestine versus Zionism war. Mm -hmm. It's not really about, you know, Hamas per se, because the Hamas attacks, we have to remember that was just a one-off event. Mm. The Israeli attacks have been going on for kind of 75 years, yet it's only been relevant now. That kind of does not make sense. And fortunately, a lot of people are aware that the media is kind of trying to force some propaganda on them. Um, But unfortunately, a lot of them are actually influenced by the propaganda. Instagram has kind of been very picky with what people post Mm -hmm. themselves as well. Um, That's why you keep seeing posts saying for the algorithm. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen things where specific, you know, if you post a story on Instagram and you put a music or a song on it, certain songs have been restricted. Oh, really? Because they're Palestinian songs or they're songs that support Palestine. And they've also uh, taken down a lot of pro-Palestine accounts Mm. as well. Um, 
that to me is just insane. You know, uh, there's an account called, well, it used to be called Eye on Palestine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's one of the biggest media outlets in terms of daily news on Palestine. And this this account has been there for like years now. Six million followers taken down. Their second account taken down. And any associated account has been taken down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I saw that like with um, kind of an a- uh, activist uh, public speaker I follow who's from the UK um, and she basically kind of posted a, a a story of like of she was like of her face and she had one of the like emoji react things to tap and she was like I've po- I, like I'm posting a picture with my face about this topic because I can't seem to get any traction otherwise and I'm going to star out all the words but you know this is what I'm saying kind yeah. and it was only she said that that seemed to work but like when she had posted stories before with like without her face and with like saying like Palestinian or genocide or like anything Gaza like anything related it was just she said it like was getting like five views in this she has you know like thousands and thousands of followers like so I've seen that as well with many many influencers posting about the stuff and Mm -hmm. to be fair people are getting crafty with the censoring um but yeah, a lot of influencers with hundreds of thousands of followers just, you'd have a, their, most of their stories would have like a, tens of thousands of views. Mm-hmm. The one story on Gaza, Palestine, genocide, bombing, any of those words, mm-hmm. not even a thousand views. Yeah. And it wouldn't be like the last story they posted 20 seconds ago. It'd be one of the earlier stories that's been posted for like three or four hours. Yeah. You probably would have seen the stories before and after that specific one just mm-hmm. not that yeah yeah um okay so um are there any kind of common misconceptions um about like the conflict or palestine um or gaza or whatever in this kind of situation and area that the arab society or you would like to kind of clarify uh, this is kind of your chance to you know get um a say in on the media so a lot of misconceptions are that um, this is uh, some people see it as anti-Semitism or stuff like that. It's not really an issue of anti-Semitism. It's not really an issue of Muslims versus Jews. You know, in Islam, we are technically cousins. We are not like you can't really believe in Islam without believing in Judaism and Christianity you can't complete your religion without believing in all three in Islam. And so it's not really an issue of a religious war or, well, uh, militia and, you know, an army. Like, the most they have in Gaza is, like, maybe the odd rocket launcher. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the Israeli ambassador to the United Nations came out in a speech the other day and they were, he was like, they throw rocks like <laughs> rocks versus like bombs yeah the equivalent of a quarter if not more of a nuclear bomb mm. thrown on a region that's 13 minutes across from east to west and 30 minutes across from north to south yeah. the qu- a quarter of a nuclear weapon and his 
claim was that they throw rocks. Like, really? Yeah. Really? Like, surely there's steps you take before, you know, bombing mm-hmm. just random buildings. Um, yeah, I suppose just, that's, like, something that if you haven't, if, like, this is the first time someone is hearing about this situation yeah. and this conflict, is that you may think they may hear that this thing happened with Hamas and then Israel responded. But the reality is, is that, like, Palestinians yeah. have just been even walking up to the border yeah. and have been killed. Like, they haven't done anything. They oh, just 100%. try to walk up to the border. 100%. Like, that was a whole movement that they did for a while where they would just, without any weapons, without anything, they would walk up and stand, like, near the bo- like the the border or the fence or anything wasn't it i think i remember this from a few years ago and they just and just by even doing that they would be murdered they would be murdered um you saw a lot of things with journalists as well being taken assassinated there's a lot of hostage involvement and that's just like it's been going on for years and years and years Mm. and it's only when they retaliate the first time that, you know, it becomes a really major issue. Um, like, yeah, they threw rocks at you. Cool. You kill children. Yeah. And, like, the thing <laughs> is, it's like I saw Human Rights Watch post, like, this. there was a statement from a video, and they basically said, like even like even if there's war crimes on one side does not justify war crimes on another side you know like no matter mm-hmm. what no matter what like hamas does which is not the palestinian state i think some people fail to understand yeah. that the hamas is not no palestinian people no. it is a group yeah. off on its own israel however is a state yeah and like Absolutely. has to follow international humanitarian law which it is not not you know and um, it's not been for the past 70 80 odd years yeah um like it this isn't the first time they've kind no. of broken international law or like yeah. war crimes and stuff like that yeah. um i suppose on that topic yeah. like there have been several actions taken by israel um, that constitute war crimes uh, mm-hmm. do you want to elaborate on that yeah at all? so i'm gonna just start by reading out the like a part of the geneva convention from 1949 that says you cannot murder or torture civilians or wounded people and the international criminal court also said that you can't attack civilians civilian settlements humanitarians and use chemical weapons uh in the past week all of them have been done basically never mind the past 70 years you know um if you want to look at it from their perspective I think a great quote is from the Israeli army spokesman, Daniel Hagari, I believe his name is. And he he said, and I quote, we are dropping hundreds of tons of bombs on Gaza. The focus is destruction, not accuracy. Hmm. Like, you're admitting to yeah. <laughs> committing war crimes. Uh, the prime minister of Israel said that we will turn Gaza into a land of ruins. The Israeli defense minister came out and said, there will be no electricity, no food, no fuel. Everything is closed. We are fighting animal people and we will act accordingly. So I suppose that might be their way of justifying their war crimes for 80 years, is that they don't see 
Palestinians as people, they see them as animals, which as a human being, what are you doing? It's just it's it's just so wrong on so many levels. Like it's not an international standard of war crimes. It's not, you know, uh, like what whichever side you ch- choose to support. It's like as a human being, mm. how can you see just a whole population of people as animals yeah. in this day and age? It's 2023. And I mean, like so many people have been like comparing this to like like you know you always w- wonder like how these things these most ho- like the horrible things have happened in the past and here they are happening like Again. right in front of yeah. us um and it's yeah it's just like it's it's insane that but you see the point is that the americans the british the french the mm-hmm. dutch the portuguese all of these kind of h- historical colonizers yeah (laughs) colonizers basically have been condemned for what they've done Mm -hmm. and this was like hundreds of years ago they've been condemned and anyone in this day and age can be like yeah well yes what they did was wrong Mm -hmm. right israel has never been condemned by anyone for anything yeah and it's that whole uh, like thing of what you're saying that like they keep throwing out this argument that it's anti-semitism when it's not no. It's not anti like the Jewish people are not the Israeli state. No, absolutely not. You know, and to claim that every Jewish person supports the Israeli state that, not. that is maybe anti Semitism. Yeah. But saying that the Israeli state is committing war crimes is not anti Semitism. Like No. It's like you said, it's, it's anti Zionism. Like, yeah, you know, it's anti Zionism, like, exactly. Like a lot of Jews you've seen in protests mm-hmm. alongside everyone basically around the world like i've seen videos of it in yeah. london in new york in yeah. los angeles jews for peace i think are one organization exactly like and uh, they're all there's all like a mix of different mm-hmm. people including jewish people protesting against the zionism that's going on i mean like it's that, again a whole other discussion of people using religion as an excuse for violence and um, that like religion does not justify no um that we probably could (laughs) (laughs) sit here and talk about otherwise. Um, But yeah, so I'm just going to move on to kind of our next question Mm -hmm. then. So in the context of a college campus, um, is there any way that like the Arab society would like students to engage in like productive and respectful discussions about the situation or kind of act on the situation? Absolutely. Um, Just... If anyone's gonna speak out very publicly, I really do encourage you to educate yourself on what the actual argument or the actual topic is. Mm-hmm. So it's like we said, it's not a ma- it's not a matter of anti-Semitism. It's not a religious war. Mm-hmm. This is not a crusade, right? Educate yourself on the topic of Zionism and just see how it's being. Um, displayed in the world right now i think it stems from the fascist party don't quote me on this but i think it's like a fascist ideology Mm -hmm. and i think if you really want to educate yourself 
before saying anything. You kind of have to look at like, historically the communists, the fascists, then look into what Zionism is. Um, don't offend people, please. <laughs> That's one thing uh, I really would encourage is that you shouldn't point and blame people directly in front of you because realistically they're not actually doing this in terms of a college campus perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's being done by something out of their control. But I, I do really do encourage people to you know just read up look at different media outlets you know don't just focus on one western media um news source just look at eastern especially al jazeera news i have here an instagram account of a photographer who's in gaza right now um and he always tags his like fellow photographers in gaza it's M-O-T-A-Z underscore A-Z-I-A-Z-A. So Mataz Azazia on Instagram. Um, Really encourage him. However, it is very graphic. It's not for the faint of heart. Um, A lot of his stuff sometimes does get taken down. Mm. Um, Just because of the graphic content, not just not because of the political side of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, really opens your eyes like even if you're not someone who can kind of look at these pictures it's it it opens your eyes to what's actually going on and it's it may really makes you see the people behind the statistics especially like those i talked about in the beginning all the children all the women all the wounded the elderly you know the people who need to be looked after just getting bombed and bombed and bombed um so yeah, i really encourage you to kind of look into that um, um yeah. on that note like is there any resources that you would uh recommend for people to deepen their understanding books or uh websites or documentaries or anything i don't really have specific resources al jazeera news like i said is mm-hmm. really good Martaz Azaiza is a really good Instagram account. Um, like I said, Ion Palestine and their mm-hmm. second account was closed, so that would that would have been yeah. a great source. Say, like not even that long ago, like three days ago, that yeah. would have been a great source to look at. Um, but yeah, definitely look at different sources, different people, uh, kind of talking about the topic. Don't get too twisted and too caught up in one source or on one person Mm -hmm. you know each person might have their own kind of outlook on it so just definitely educate yourself in as many ways as possible and then kind of create your own outlook Mm -hmm. on the actual situation rather than just following one person yeah and sticking to that um okay um is there any ways that students can kind of support those in gaza absolutely um definitely donating to human humanitarian resources is great however are these donations currently reaching gaza that's a big question mark we're not too sure um again i still definitely encourage people to donate donate through the right platforms you know the united nations uh the red cross mm-hmm. um you know doc- doctors without borders definitely um 
if possible, boycott companies that fund the Israeli military. And these are, a lot of them are very kind of big franchises being used daily by mm. everyone, like including myself, I'm guilty of it as well. I encourage everyone to kind of look into that on their own uh, and just to see what kind of major companies are actually funding a military, yeah. you know. Um, protest, post, speak out, mm. you know, you have a voice and everyone might think, oh, it's just, you know, I'm just one person, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. That extra post, that extra signature on a petition, that extra protester, it could just make world re- leaders kind of aware, not that they're not aware, they're just, you know, in a time where actions speak louder than words, mm-hmm. people in positions of power really need to act right now. Like yeah. It's all great seeing all these politicians from different countries around the world supporting Palestine, supporting the cause, and starting to condemn Israel, but words don't mean anything right now. It's not really changing anything at the moment just by speaking, you know. It's end of the day, the Israelis are still going to go to bed at night and think, oh, that was a good day, you know. It's not going to change how they sleep. They're not going to wake up and feel sorry for themselves. They need to be, you know, condemned. And the only way to do that is by action. And the only people who are able to do that is people in positions of power. Mm -hmm. So, if anyone out there is listening to this in a position of power, please do something. Um, you know, mm-hmm. um, but just everyone else, I definitely encourage to, you know, try and get the word out there. Yeah. Just know. keep keep pushing, basically. Yeah, keep, keep pushing. Don't. Um, I suppose, yeah, like quite often people try to kind of undermine that sort of like social mm. media sharing. Um, but in this sort of situation, keeping that conversation live is kind of one of the most important things we can do like keeping people talking about it keeping it at the top of the news um because otherwise quite often what happens is it falls off and it even while things are still happening people just forget about it forget about it yeah like i mean i we kind of saw that with like uh the islamic state in iran last Mm. year there was a lot of talk about it for a month and then it just kind of disappeared again, yeah. even though there was still horrible things happening um, in Iran. Um, but anyway, that's a whole other <laughs> topic it's, it's of conversation. Not, yeah, <laughs> it's it's not a trend at the moment, right? Yeah. This is not a trend. This is not a hashtag. This is not, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's real life. It's mm-hmm. been happening for years. So definitely keep the conversation going. I, I mean, yeah. this is the longest I've seen it go on for in a long time. Like mm-hmm. every kind of year or so, this conversation spikes up again and then just dies down for a little bit. But this is the long, definitely the longest I've seen it go on for. And I'd, like, I'd love it to go all the way this time, honestly. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Is there any like kind of final comments or things we kind of missed out on that you'd like to chat about? No, no? Not, not really. Just Nasir Shigadi, Sirshina Palestine. Okay, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Thank you so much, Mohammed. Thank you. Uh, and just to finish out, uh, this is UCC 98.3 FM, and you are listening to Objection with Aaron. Thank you so much.